welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about the Karen Travis connection and what's good from 1995. I'm Justin, <laughs> Damn. and he has no idea what I'm talking about this Zero. week, as we are here to cover chapters 29 through 32 of Christy Golden's Fate of the Jedi, book five, Allies. This week, we have way more pages to cover than we did last week. Mm-hmm. Almost twice as many. But first, bum, bum, bum. Previously, on Forever Canon, Dorvin saves Raynar, and Ramus finds rat meds. Han and Leia watch the news. Blink the Both in his bedtime backstabbing Buatu. And Luke and Ben see Sinkhole Station smash to smithereens. I know, so much alliteration in this week's recap. That was excellent. But that was last week. Yes, it was. A lot of things happened last week in a pretty short amount of time, to Mm -hmm. be fair. But this week, we start with chapter nine. What? (laughs) (laughs) Flashback. (laughs) We start with chapter 29. (laughs) Inside the mall cluster. Where, wouldn't you know it, just like I said... Sinkhole Station is smashy, smashy. Uh, so the Rock Hound, Leo's gravity bug-looking ship, needs to clear all the debris from the now-destroyed Sinkhole Station before more Sith die like complete idiots, like the two frigates who flew off on their own, and when you know it, died right away. Yeah, they just went off, and he, they managed to be able to save one. This little entryway into the Maw where they had Sinkhole Station last time is a mess because it's been destroyed. Well... Two Sith frigates are destroyed because they think they're too cool for school. Mm-hmm. They like leave the safety boundaries of the Rockhound. They all they almost save both of them. One of them gets saved. Two of them, I guess, just one of them gets destroyed. Maybe two. I don't remember. Yeah, a couple went in. Two of them went for it. One of them at least at least one got saved. And what were they going for? Nothing. No, they were just straying from the course to try to be like cool, mm-hmm. to try to like I don't I'm know, badass. get the slightest little bit of an informational advantage. Mm-hmm. Of what happened here? Well, we kind of know what happened here. The answer is Abeloth. Yes. Seemingly. And Luke wants to know more about Abeloth from Vistara's experience. Because all this time that we've had Vistara on the team, in the ship, side by side with Ben Skywalker, nobody's really had her open up or even asked her about Abeloth mm-hmm. directly. Quote, Vistara says... She uses emotions. And Luke says, we Jedi are taught to trust our feelings. And this just makes me go, yeah. Like, the feelings in your bed when you wake up and you're guaranteed that that's your wife, ghost? Don't trust those feelings, right? Abeloth uses your emotions, Vistara tells him. And Luke's like, nah, we're fine. Vistara (laughs) then even tells him about Abeloth shape-shifting and her true form. Her hair was long and yellow and fell all the way to the ground. Her eyes were tiny, sunk deep into black eye sockets like two small stars. Her mouth was... It reached literally from ear to ear and her arms were short, stunted with writhing tentacles instead of fingers. She was hideous. Yeah, gross. She had T-Rex, T-Rex arms with octopus 
And I, you know, I, I want to recap that because we haven't talked about Abeloth in a book and a half. Yeah. Like thoroughly in any yeah. sort of meaningful non, way since Troy Denning detail. finished book three, book four was whatever separate pocket existence that that lives mm. in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then this book has been now picking up the Abeloth trail, but this is the first time in a long time that we've talked about what the hell she looks like. We haven't spoken of her in this much detail on the podcast in like three months. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's been a long time. Cut to being in orbit of Abeloth's planet inside the Jade Shadow. Both Ben and Vistara feel ship. Mm-hmm. Ooh, another one who's been gone for a minute. He's been disappeared with Abeloth out of the narrative and out of the mentioning of anything in the story yeah and they they give a nice little interesting perspective because he doesn't really talk to anyone else really other than the two of them in the whole galaxy yeah, but Pretty he's close, yeah. he's not liking his current situation he feels ship feels yes conflicted yeah. because well basically the breakdown the vistara gives is that Ship was made by the Sith for the Sith, and Abeloth is domineering his will to force him to hurt the Sith. He's a slave. And he don't like it. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. That's like the the whole subtext of the whole <laughs> book. I did I see How did you do that six beers deep at ten o'clock at night? Yeah. Cut oh. to Ready for bed. Die on stat <laughs> in the shadows med bay. With Abeloth beckoning him awake, telling him, you're real, there are others, and come to me. Okay, so this is kind of a good news, bad news situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, The good news is that Abeloth is home. Yeah. Can't feel her, can't sense her, can't tell where she is, but she's home. The bad news is Abeloth is home. Can't feel her, can't sense her, but she's home. It's like, and here we are in orbit around her planet, knocking on the door sort of thing. Nobody's answering, but we're going in to go find her and kill her. All, all the lights are off. She may have a gun, but we're going in. Never mind a gun. <laughs> yeah. She has technology you can't comprehend. She has abilities you can't even begin to understand from a time that you can't even fathom the experience of. Knock, knock, knock. Well, she's home somewhere because she's calling out to die on stat. And to make matters worse, Fistara comes in. Mm -hmm. And instead of giving him a sedative, she gives him an antidote and convinces him to work with her to get to Abeloth. She's like, I am an imposter, but I'm part of a rebel faction of imposters that are revolting against the imposters. Join me and all we're working with Abeloth, right? Essentially. Yeah. Convincing Dionstad that she's a good guy to a point. And if you listen to me, I'll help you get free home to Abeloth. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a real person, but I am working towards I'm your goal. Feel real good, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is she up to? Chapter 30. Abeloth's planet. Where Ben says to Vistara, quote, fine, keep your secrets. And I'm just like, okay, Frodo, 
Okay, yeah, buddy, settle yeah. down. I was just very. Uh, I watch that movie. They watch those movies too often to not have it directly in the front of my mind. You fine, keep your secrets. Come on. Mm-hmm. And she do. And then the two teams of Jedi and the Sith come together on the beach by the volcano of Abelot's cavern. Not at all ominous. Not no. at all scary. Not the word I wanted. Could you tell? Yeah. yeah. Intimidating. There you go. Very aggressive. Fucking right. If I just pause and act stupid for a second, it'll come out. They're over there on the beach right next to the foot of the volcano. And we've got Luke, Ben, and Vistara with Talon, Vistara's dad, and Leha Fall, the fountain fool. Yep. She was earlier in the book, sold out the other Sith when they tried to steal a part of the fountain. Here she is now on this mission. And... Nobody can agree on what to do. Surprise, surprise. Isn't that shocking? Luke suggests mind walking to find Abeloth. And surprise, surprise. Okay, that's actually shocking. What? Yeah, let's go beyond shadows. Let's go beyond shadows. Because I've arrived here now and I'm making the connection that the places I've seen beyond shadows exist in the real world. And so since we can't find her in the force, we're going to find her beyond shadows. Which is a force technique somehow, and that makes sense. And that's my point. Is why is Luke teaching the Sith, the High Lord of the Sith, this really sort of, at this point, enigmatic and nebulous sort of force powered him. He's done it twice. Once? Twice? Yeah. He doesn't really understand it, doesn't understand the consequences, doesn't know what kind of power you have there, what kind of reach you have through reality, but he's willing to teach the Sith this special power hidden in the Maw. Yeah. He's willing to teach an entire civilization of evil people to him Mm -hmm. how to do this very special thing. I don't know if that proves his commitment to destroying and finding Abeloth or whatever because he kind of wants to reason with her and just see what's up. I don't know if it's proving his commitment to that goal or if it's just proving how foolish this man is. Yeah, he always combination. Is, he's always convinced he's doing the right thing for the right reasons, but what? You're giving them a secret power? Yeah, something... You could like maybe use a spy on them or something. I don't know. You don't really understand it, is my point. Yeah, he's done it once. He almost died doing it. And he's how... like, you know what? I understand it. I'll teach you. Just how are you sharing the secret force technique with the Sith? Yeah. We cut to... Dion can feel Abeloth. Vistara comes to unlock him. And says... To Dion... To find Abeloth and tell her that the Sith are on her side. What is she up to, man? Because that's, I said that a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. What if the Sith are secretly working with Abeloth and bringing Luke and Ben there as a trap? Which has always been, sorry, in the back of Luke's mind as a possibility. Absolutely. And she's so powerful that... Regardless of whether it's truth or whether it's false, yeah, she would know anyways, right? Right. And even <laughs> still, point. how can you trust somebody who's been in contact with her? Mm-hmm. I guess Luke knows way less about her than we do because we saw all that time the Sith were with her as well. Mm-hmm. 
and how you know duplicitous and uh, manipulative she can be or is at her core essence but i i just i don't i i don't i don't know i don't know what the star is up to i don't know why luke's teaching these people these things it's a whole lot of people doing a lot of weird things all of a sudden and we cut to luke getting iv'd up for the trip beyond shadows and then we cut to luke meeting with the three sith beyond shadows at the Lake of Apparitions to cross the Mirror of Remembrance and avoid the depths of eternity. Remember all these capital letter things from, yeah. from book three, right? And we were like, oh, it's such like classic trope, high fantasy, uh, like sta- strange standard naming sort of procedure. And Gavar Kai in the text, after being told the words Lake of Apparitions, Mirror of Remembrance, Depths of Eternity, Gavar Kai, what? Gavar Kai. Yeah. Snorted, quote, such pompous names. And I laughed. And Luke yeah. agreed with this direct attack on Troy Denny's writing. I can't write. I can't read. I can't speak. <laughs> None of those words. Write, read, or speak. Wow. I was going to cut that. But now that I just made even more mistakes, <laughs> it's just God forbiddenly stupid. Christy Golden is directly attacking Troy Denning's writing right here and calling him and his naming pompous yes <laughs> <laughs> and luke skywalker agrees yeah so if there's ever been an endorsement for your feeling <laughs> the grandmaster of the jedi is saying yeah buddy to a sith christy golden how dare you they are so silly and so pompous is a good word for it like yeah. they're like ostentatiously extravagant like why why <laughs> why does everything have to have such a specific name but it does Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've been burned and this where we are right now on the beach of the lake of apparitions that lake is where we saw jason and anakin and mara last time mm-hmm. when luke and ben came here yeah that was that was an emotional ride yeah and the sith want to know who luke saw last time he was here and i'm like i want to know who these sith are gonna see yes these unknown entities that we don't know anything about their pasts really who are they going to see when they look into the mirror of the dead in the lake of the dead? Not the mirror of remembrance. Excuse me. Just the lake of apparitions. Yes. Immediately when the Sith were like, oh, Luke Skywalker, who did you see? My brain flipped and went, who are you going to see? And we head into the lake. A couple things to point out here. Just real quick. Mm-hmm. Luke is remembering fondly the ghost wife snuggles. You know, remember when Mara came and told him to come to the maw and left, had her ghost arm on him and he was the little spoon and it was all very specific. And he was like, this feels like love and it must be my ghost wife. He fondly remembers that. And then as he's walking through the lake of apparitions, he is surprised at the bitter disappointment he's feeling when Mara doesn't immediately show up. Right. Yeah. Just a couple things to point out. Also. Abeloth uses your emotions against you. Okay, moving on. The lake of apparitions is amazing once again. You know, last time it was in Troy Denning's hands, and yeah. now it's in Christy Golden's hands. And it's just this inherently fascinating, ethereal place. Yeah. They're, they're walking through this silvery, misty lake of water. That has like a, a, a sort of sunken footfall, right? Like 
a foot or so beneath the surface of the water is where you're stepping. And then there's ghost faces that come up to greet you out of the water, right? Like last time. Well, Luke and the Sith start heading across the lake. And the Sith are visited by their loved ones. Yeah. Of course, right? Like, just like Luke and Ben were. What what else would happen? What was I expecting? Me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. I'm like, ooh, what are the Sith going to It's the people that they loved and didn't get a chance to say goodbye to properly or the people that meant important things to them and emotional investments throughout their lifetime, right? Yeah, dead parents, uncles, aunts, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Whatever it is, it's so personal that it's like awkward for Luke Skywalker to be standing there listening to it, right? Yeah. But he's like, well, nonetheless, I I, I still kind of want to hear about it. I'm going to eavesdrop and it's just, oh yeah, I miss you, that kind of thing. Yeah. The Sith see their loved ones and... The fountain bitch falls in. Ha! She slips a little bit on the rock. Oh! Oh, and her hand goes in the water, and she looks up at everybody, terrified and shocked. I almost just fell into the depths of eternity. And she starts scrambling up from the rock when horror movie ensues. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Purplish hands reach, reach out. Reach out of the lake and pull her into the water with no splashes and no ripples. She's screaming. Gavar Kai is holding Lord Talon back from reaching out for her. They can't save her. And she's pulled under the surface of the water by these apparitions. Yeah. And it was kind of obvious that she that would happen to her, right? If we think about the only other time we've seen her has been betraying somebody. Yeah. And so, you know, she slips and gets a hand in the water and... And she gets mobbed and swarmed and sunken. By at least a ship full of Sith. And Luke makes note of her screaming still while being dragged underwater where you can't hear her anymore. Just her open mouth screaming yeah. as she's dragged into and her the thrashing that he can see. And Damn, Christy, this is freaky, man. Yeah, it was. This is some, this is like, it's a straight up horror movie scene. Horror, horror scene. This is like, this is a Stephen King moment, man. Yeah. Ooh, it's really super creepy. And the silence and the screaming and then the under the surface thing. The whole thing is just A plus haunting. And then we cut to Fall, the fountain lady, dying aboard her ship yeah. a la The Matrix. Yeah. She's died in The Matrix and now she's thrashing about all IV'd up on her gurney up on her ship and her brain activity's gone even though she's breathing or whatever the hell they say yeah she's still blood's pumping she's still breathing but she's dead yeah no brain activity that makes it creepier and scarier yeah I was I was freaked out a little at that point it's like wait wait, what very reminiscent of the matrix though yeah like immediately I was like oh what's this I don't know what's at the beginning of the movie where the two very pale people <laughs> end up dying or whatever. Like the one yeah. dude with the slick back hair. Not like this. And then the, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and they're like, you know, you cut or, or it's Neo in the chair getting punched to death by Morpheus or not Morpheus. Sorry. Uh, uh, the agent, agent Smith. Yeah. And, and Trinity's like over top of him. He's dying, but he's violently reacting in reality. Yeah. To the experience that is, is, is happening. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, in a, in another dimension, right? Yeah. Like 
this is my point about Luke Skywalker has no idea what he's teaching these people. Yeah. What if they just start bringing people beyond shadows and kicking them into the depths of eternity? Like, it's a level of suffering and and sort of torture beyond... And that what anyone existence. knows. Yeah. Beyond life. Yeah, it's not like... It's not like... Um, being put to get put to death shot or whatever it's they are going down into this nothingness that nobody understands nobody can yeah and it's horrifying it is horrifying dies on that table and then we cut to luke skywalker saying mara and mara's face floats up Mm -hmm. from the depths and she says skywalker and I like, I'm like instantly tearing up. So stupid. We've already done this. Yeah. We've already had this <laughs> emotional uh, roller coaster. We've already had this cathartic experience of revisiting and saying goodbye, the chance you never had. But she comes back and all, she just says Skywalker first. And I'm like, oh my God. That's so the voice. You know, yeah. like if you had to pick, and you do as the writer, you have to pick an introductory phrase in that moment to be impactful. Yes. And it's either farm boy yeah. or it's Skywalker. Farm like boy was the one I Something like of. that, right? So nailed it. She nailed it. She she floats up. Mara says Skywalker. And oh boy, their conversation is really super sweet. Much in the mirror juxtaposition of the Sith having these private conversations with their loved ones. Now Luke is doing the same thing in front of them. And he even has a moment where he's like, I don't care. I don't even care that they're watching and seeing and getting information. Just he's feeling love. He's feeling relief. He gets to see his wife again, you know? Mm -hmm. And so Luke tells Mara, I wish you were here with me. But then again, you have been, it's meant so much to me to see you in the dreams to almost be able to roll over and touch you right before I wake up. Luke, Mara said gently. He didn't want her to stop him, to tell him she needed to go, not before he had said what was in his heart. And even when I am awake, I feel you with me. You even talk to me. Luke. He fell silent regarding her. She searched his eyes for a moment. Then the specter of Mara Jade Skywalker said quietly, Whomever you were with on the Jade Shadow, it wasn't me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's some... It's even creepier after super creepy moment, <laughs> even though we've been talking about it for a month. There's yeah. no way that's not Abeloth coming to him in his dreams. Yeah, absolutely. Saying, come and find me in the mall, you stupid asshole. <laughs> yeah. There's no fucking way. And she floats up and she goes... Whoever you've been snuggling with, it wasn't me. Yeah, yeah, no, that's intense. Oh, we were right. Yeah, I don't like it. (laughs) Chapter 31. Shock exploded through Luke. Horror and repugnance buffeted Luke. The stages of being revealed to have been a fool. Mm Mm-hmm. Mara says it's not his fault. Reiterating quote about Abeloth, she is ancient and powerful and dangerous, very dangerous. 
and fascinating, if I can say so myself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what she's up to or how she can do it or why she's doing it, but it's all very interesting. I just want more of it. Exactly. Yeah. That, that is such an understated or like under respected facet of writing. Mm-hmm. M- make me turn the fucking page. Yeah. The hook. And I was burning through these pages. Like I couldn't wait to turn the page in this section of the book to see what was coming next, what we were going to say about Abeloth, what new information was going to be shared, what we're going to discover beyond shadows. Mm -hmm. Like this was again, right back to book three to the height of Troy Denning's like freaky psychedelic trip. That was so interesting. Yeah. The crescendo of it all where you're just like, yes, yes, yes. And the very, very dramatic, chapter of we go to the beach i tell you all how dangerous it is we go into the lake we have a moment of peace that turns into a moment of terror and then i have a moment of peace with my wife that turns into a moment of terror and retroactively weeks of terror yeah skywalker yeah that would be that would be probably more terrifying than just seeing abeloth or just the what this whole time I've been gone. I haven't even been in the mall. You've been catfished. Yeah, absolutely. And an absolute fool. And I just, uh, those two, yeah. those two things I pointed out at the beginning of the, of the notes for the chapter, they were like back to back in two paragraphs at the beginning of chapter 31 shock exploded through Luke. That was the first sentence. Mm-hmm. The next paragraph, horror and repugnance. And I'm like, yeah, right? Yeah. Like these are the crashing waves of realization. But it's not his fault. She's ancient, she's powerful, she's dangerous. And I'm gonna ask you this, Tim. Okay. Who is Abeloth? Me having written this question at this moment in chapter thirty one. Yeah. <laughs> had to had to look to be sure. Like from what we know of her, what is she, who is she? Yeah, she's only the information that we've gotten. She's ancient, she's dark, she's dangerous. And we cut to Vistara telling Ben that Abeloth is, quote, ancient and very powerful. Do you see the symmetry happening here? Yeah. Mara Jade Skywalker, the protector connection and love of your life is warning you about how ancient and powerful this being is. Vistara, mm-hmm. Ben's first romantic connect, right? It's, it's the mirror image. She's telling him the exact, exact same words. Yes. That's not meaningful, right? No. So ancient and powerful, very powerful. Luke starts coming back from beyond shadows at this point while Ben and Vistar are sitting in the med bay. Watching over him as you do when a man is hooked up to IVs and traveling the multiverse. Yeah. (laughs) If I may say so from some of my own experiences. (laughs) Have a co-pilot who's not flying. Yes. And Vistar and Ben are not. And as Luke starts coming back, 
Dion comes to life and runs out of the Jade Shadow. <laughs> Pops up and Boom, just gets gone, going. Gone. Vistara gets out of his way. And Ben is shocked. She didn't even try to stop him. Cut to Dion's dad heading to the call. D- Dion's dad he- heeding the call. Mm-hmm. Cut to Vistara explaining to Ben and Luke that she planted a tracking device on Dionstad because she understood that he had made a connection with Abeloth. And since Abeloth is hiding from everybody else, this is our best way to try and find her. We set the crazy man free who wants to reconnect with the tentacle lady and we track him. Yep. And then that leads us to her, right? It's very smart. Yeah. But once again, when you don't tell anybody what your plan is, you look like a bad guy. Yes. You're not. Once again, though, you're not. Over and over again, she is she is put by the writer or put by herself, the character, into these positions where she looks or acts incredibly suspicious. Yes. And time and time again, proves herself to be forthcoming and on the up and up. Like, yeah. She is proving to be on the same team as Ben and Luke over and over again. Yeah. Even in the details earlier that she divulges about uh, Abeloth and the time that they spent on her planet, she's telling them a lot of things that she hasn't even told the Sith yet because she hasn't been back to them, right? At her worst, she's the worst she's looked is not actively working against them. Like she's just her her most negative is dragging she, her feet. Type yeah, of thing. just very passive. I don't want to tell you stuff. And at her best. She's saving Dion's dad. She's saving Ben. She's saving Luke Skywalker. She's helping them track Abeloth. She's like constantly, constantly cast in the light of suspicion, mm-hmm. but proving herself over and over again. And that is as much for us, the reader, uh, to connect to this new character as it is for Ben Skywalker to have more than enough reason beyond reasonable doubt to trust Vistara enough yeah to you know? trust that to make she... whatever pivotal mistake yeah. or something like yeah i don't know but she is proven herself beyond a reasonable doubt yeah the only reason to doubt her now is that she is a sith a generational sith mm-hmm. he can trust Which her enough fine. to trust her to like and what happens yeah. when that happens yeah right? yeah but she's got a special tracker on dion's dad because she's not a bad guy and everybody agrees that Abeloth has a, quote, special interest in Luke. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, gross. But mm. why? Yeah. Interesting. Tentacle Lady wants him. And then we cut to, speaking of Tentacle Lady wants him, our first witnessing of a crazy Jedi homecoming. Yeah. Because Dion Stad has made it up the mountain to the foot of the cave. And he reaches out and touches Abeloth. The connection that she made all the way back in the shelter days of his limited time that he spent in the Maw come to fruition. And in the first moments, it seems literally awesome. Mm-hmm. His body is racked with peace and euphoria. And he, he's, he's trembling with the adrenaline of love. Yeah. Everything in those first moments 
is amazing. It's just positive. It's, it's peace. It's glory. It's elation. It's transcendent. Yeah. Until it transitions. And Abeloth reveals her true form. The one with the ear to ear. Yeah. Sharp tooth smile. And she puts her lips on Dion's lips and pulls a golden mist from him, which he thinks of in his helpless, catatonic, paralyzed state as his, quote, life energy. Yeah, his essence. His life force, he even says. And this scene is terrifying torture. Yeah, because he's racked with pain, unable to move, getting from his perspective, his life essence sucked out of him. And coupled with the, it's this is the third time now in a row. We're starting with this beautiful emotion, this release, this relief mm-hmm. of Dionstad finding Abeloth, and then the dawning realization of, oh, shit. Shit, I was wrong. She's bad. Everyone is real. And now I'm trapped here having my life force sucked out of my face in a golden mist. Yeah. But again, it goes right from this relative calm and peace to horror downhill. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah, the the very the, effective over yeah, the, and over. Again. That sudden flip is it's like, oh wow, that's oh my god. And it's kind of also thematic because Abeloth is sort of the personification of that flip, that reveal of being used and and fooled. Mm-hmm. That's her whole thing. Yeah. And so, you know, we get it here now through Dion Stad and it's terrifying and again this is page turning writing man yeah i'm like what is about to happen because this incredible character is now back in the story having an interaction again yeah we haven't with seen her in like 700 fucking pages because mm-hmm. what how far are we right here oh 350 yeah the other book was 350 and we didn't talk about her once by name mm-hmm we haven't seen her in 700 pages. And then she does this wild ass shit. And she pulls the life force from his lips. And I wonder if the life force has a capital F. Mm. Like she feeds on force energy. Oh, which yeah. is why she connects to all the Jedi in shelter. Which is why she has a quote special interest in luke skywalker and why Because does anyone have more force energy to feed you with yeah because what just happened to die on stad she sucked the life out of him mm-hmm. but she's not like a vampire no it wasn't his blood could it just suck the sparkly bits out really be Possibly just she's absorbing your force attunement or your force potential and adding it to her own. Yeah. Which is how she has become 
so absurdly powerful and over all this time. The reason why I think she's so drawn to Luke and because because uh, the High Lord of the Sith there, Talon, he's super powerful, but Luke touched that special pyramid oh, thing. Oh, she thinks he is infinitely more powerful than he really is. Yeah. Damn. He's like this golden god of the Jedi. How and... many times have we said that across these books where like, what are going to be the consequences of touching that metal pyramid? Because it was a big deal and it was going to be something. And that's when and he went that's to the maw. what this is. As soon as he touched, he's like, we got to go there. That's why he's gone there. That's why she's interested in him. What was that thing that the Yang T had collected? Uh, I want to see more of that thing, too. <sighs> well, I don't know. We'll have to go back into the middle of their catastrophic cultural dissolution between fate and free will. Yep. <laughs> but <laughs> right now we're changing a different part of the galaxy with Luke Skywalker. <laughs> but yeah. And that would make sense if she is feeding on force. On force energy. Specifically energy. Chapter 32. The Jedi and the Sith are heading to the cave where Dion just died. Only he's not dead. He's barely alive and no longer crazy. He points towards the cave where Abeloth has retreated. And Luke knows it's certain doom. Yeah, he's not crazy, but he they still don't look like themselves yeah. or from what he says, but he knows it's her doing it now. He still says they look like imposters, but yeah, he understands that that is because his mind is being twisted by this horrible thing he just encountered. Yeah, that he, he just wanted to real. encounter yes. so bad. So bad it was going to be every answer to every problem, every solution he ever needed. And now he's like a desiccated husk up on top of a volcano, barely clinging to life, but coming quickly back to life minute by minute. They say literally in the text. Yeah. Every minute he looks even stronger. Luke knows into the cave is certain doom, but Hey, this guy's never right. Anyways, (laughs) Luke and Ben lead the way with Talon Vistara and her Papa. Mm-hmm. Following behind. Danger ahead, a danger behind. Talon's going to die. <laughs> Why? Uh, father I'm not disagreeing. Si- father and son, and then the father and the other kid. Oh, dude. He is one of these things that's not like yeah, the other. He's a fifth wheel right now. Oh, snap. <laughs> nice. Op- you're on fire tonight, dude. <laughs> you're in the pocket of observations, man. He, that's bad news for him. <laughs> yeah, it is. Put a red shirt on him. Yeah, he's the Star Trek red shirt. Luke and Ben lead the way, all the way through the caves to the courtyard, where Luke first saw Abeloth beyond shadows, bubbling in sulfur. Mm-hmm. He calls her name, and she appears. Yeah. And what's yeah. worse than calling the name of an ancient powerful very dangerous being and she appears behind you what's worse he knew her because he had once loved her with his whole heart and being loved her more than anything in the universe had once intended to breathe his last breath in her arms 
Callista. What? What? Yeah, I have no idea. What? What? <laughs> yeah, what? For what? <laughs> what? Find out next week as we wrap up Fate of the Jedi Book 5 Allies with chapters 33 through 36. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. What? 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 Children of the Jedi. 1995. What? For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a J Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at J Plazer. Check us out.